Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Pastor Da and I really have desire to see all of you become strong Christian and grow and become victorious in life. We as parents of the church would like to train you and help you to become effective in the kingdom. We are not here on Sunday just to fill the seats or just to fulfill the religious rituals. We are here for the purpose is to know Jesus and to grow spiritually, that we can be the blessings to the nations and to the neighbors and people around us. Because we want to follow the Bible. We want to practice what the Bible says. We tried every way to run the church according to the Bible, not according to any culture alone. Definitely, we are sensitive to culture. But we want to change people from worldly culture into the biblical culture. And definitely, in order to be in the biblical culture, we need to know the Word of God. We will continue to learn more about ruling and reigning in this life. And there are a few more sermons to go. And I pray that you all will understand how to rule and reign. One thing that in my heart is that I don't want you to depend on me. I don't want you to come to church and be baby forever and depend on the pastor. Have to call me at 2 a.m. in the morning and say, Pastor, could you help me? No, we want to train you to be mature so that you can hook up to God yourself and you can rule and reign in this life. It will be very a shame if I train my son Paul to grow up and by the time he's 30 years old, he still come to me and say, Dad, could you please drive the car for me to the shopping mall? He should be able to drive the car himself by that time. We need to grow up, is that right? So the sermon in the church should help people to grow up, to become a stronger believer. We have learned about ruling and reigning, and I hope I can finish this part of the sermon called Humility and Submission. Humility and Submission or the Place of Authority. Romans chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of the righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. This scripture was written by Paul for all of us. This is not only for the pastor or for leadership in the church, but God expects every believer to reign, to rule in their own life. God doesn't want the devil to reign over you. He doesn't want death to reign over you. He wants you to rule and reign. We are supposed to rule and reign. And if we don't set that goal, we will never get there. So even though you have not experienced the ruling and reigning in your life, it doesn't mean that it's not true because the Bible never lies. Jesus Christ came into the world 2,000 years ago and he died on the cross to take away our sin and gives us the grace, the abundant grace and the gift of righteousness so that we can rule and reign in this life. On the cross, Satan was defeated already. He was brought to nothing. Satan is under the feet of Jesus and we are his body. So Satan should be under our feet as well. And we can rule over his work. What kind of work he does? He come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So when the temptation of sin come, when the work of the enemy to try to put disease and sickness on our life, or poverty, or broken relationship, or whatever, drug addiction, or mental problem, we can rule and reign and command it to go away from our life. And every Christian should be able to rule and reign if you know the Bible and you understand Last Sunday, we learned 
how to rule and reign. We learned so many principles already. And could you please go back and listen to the old sermon from the camp in James chapter four, verses six to seven? The Bible say, "But he gives more grace. We reign by the grace of God. If you want more grace, what you need to do? Therefore, he say, he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble." Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You can see two kingdoms here: the kingdom of God, and Jesus represent the kingdom of God while he was on earth. Jesus was very humble; he was meek, and he submitted himself to the Father hundred percent. And that's why when Jesus was walking on earth, he was ruling and reigning. When he command demon, demon left. When he command sickness, sickness has to go, because Jesus was very humble and he submit himself to God. And when he resist the devil, the devil have to listen to him. But the other kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, is the kingdom of Satan. Satan is very prideful. He rebel against God. He wanted to be above God. So you can see that you can choose either you are in the kingdom of God, humility, honoring God, submitting to God, and then you have faith to rule and reign, or you choose to be in the kingdom of darkness. You rebel, you prideful, you do whatever you want yourself. You don't want to submit to God, then you cannot rule and reign in this life. Amen. If God tell you to do something. And you say no, no way. I'm not going to do what you say. Automatically, you rebel against God and you submit to the devil. So when the devil put sickness into you or try to give you a hard time financially, you command the devil. For example, maybe your children get attacked by the enemy at night. Your daughter or your son cannot sleep at night. Wake up and cry all night. You know the devil attack your children, and you say, "Devil, go away from my child right now. He gonna sleep well." And the devil would look to you and say, "I don't need to submit to you. You rebel against God, and you submit to me. I'm not gonna listen to you because you submit to me already in your daily life. You cannot rule and reign if you are not humble and submitting to God. That's why to rule and reign start from submitting to God and humble yourself." And listening to God, obey God. We can see example from last Sunday in the book of Matthew, chapter eight, verses five to ten. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, "Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented." This centurion or the Roman army soldier had a problem with his servant who was tortured by the enemy. And he came to Jesus. Jesus said to him, "I will come and heal him." Verse eight. The centurion answered and said, "Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, my servant will be healed." We rule and reign by speaking, by commanding, by saying. So this centurion understand the principle of ruling and reigning. He knows that. Jesus has authority, and Jesus can speak to the devil or to sickness. He has faith that Jesus can rule and reign and can overcome problem in his family life. In verses nine and ten, the Bible continues to say, "Listen carefully. This is a key scripture about the place of authority, about submission, humility, honor, and faith, and ruling and reigning." Everyone say, "Humility." Everyone says submission. submission. Everyone says honor, honor. Faith. faith, ruling and reigning. You can rule and reign if you have these four things: submission, humility, get the grace of God, and honor the things of God, and you walk by faith. So this man, even though he was not a part of Israel, but he understand the principle. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. In other words, he say I have the boss over me, superior. When he, the boss tell me what to do, I say yes, sir. 
he submit to authority, and at the same time he has soldier under him, and those soldiers submit to him. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled, said to those who follow, as surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This man understand about authority. He realized that his servant submits to his authority. And he submit to the authority of Jesus. And Jesus submit to the authority of the Father. Because of all this honoring and submission and obedience, the ruling of power or authority from heaven flow down from the Father to Jesus and to him and to his servant. And he get the victory. Eventually, his servant was completely healed supernaturally by one word of Jesus Christ. So we can see from the scripture, if we submit to God and humble ourselves before him, we can resist the devil and we have victory. How do we know that we love God? We love God by loving other people. Your outward action tells you how you relate to God. The Bible says like this, If someone say, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So in other words, the principle is, God knows your heart, whether you love him or not, by looking at how you treat other people. If you say you love God, but you hate your wife, you don't love God. If you love God, you love your wife. If you love God, you love your brother and sister. In the same way, if you submit to God, what do you do? You submit to the delegated authority that God has given to you. God is big on delegation. God is very big on delegation. We submit to Him by submitting ourselves to delegated authority around us. Our parents, our teachers at school, our boss at work. That's leadership in the church or delegated authority in the church. And if we submit to God, we submit to delegated authority around us that God put around us. So I will read the scripture from Paul. I'm going to start the sermon today. That was a review from last Sunday. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 to 22. Today I'm going to read a lot of scripture to show you that what I'm talking about here is not my own idea. It's all over the Bible. Okay, Ephesians 5, 21 to 22, the Apostle Paul say, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. Verse 33, Ephesians 5, 33. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. What promise? That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Paul talked about respect. He talked about reverence. He talked about honor and submission. Submission and honor is the key to ruling and reigning in this life. Submission and honor must be practiced by everyone, no matter who you are in the church of God. Husband must submit to the authority over him and submit himself to the Lord. And wife, submit to the husband. But don't take me wrong, the Bible never says, that we can force people to submit to us. Okay? The Bible never says submission is being done by force. God cannot even force you to submit to Him. Therefore, I never force my wife to submit to me. And I never force members to submit to me either. The Bible never say like this, Husband, go and command and boss your wife and force her to submit to you. The Bible never say that. The Bible say, husband, love your wife. 
And if you love your wife, she will submit to you. But if you're bossy and abuse your wife, you're gonna reap what you sow. Then you don't have submission because you sow wrong spirit in the house. You need to love your wife. The same thing in the church. The pastor doesn't have the job to force people to submit to the pastor, but the pastor has the job to teach, to train, to lead, and to show the way. And the member has to make their own decision to follow or not. If you don't follow, it's between you and God, and you cannot rule and reign in this life. If you want to rule and reign, you need to submit to the delegated authority in the local church. That's why it's so important for you to choose the right church. Once you choose the church, then you submit to that pastor. If you go to the wrong church, the wrong teaching, you are in trouble because you need to submit to that pastor. It's all your own choice what church you're going to join. But once you join to that church, you need to submit to that pastor and his leadership team. Amen. Rebellion and pride and arrogance can cause you. Because the Bible says clearly that if you submit, you shall live a long life. You shall rule and reign. Let me read one more time. That it may be well with you. In other words, you're going to be blessed. And you may live long on the earth. Is that ruling and reigning? If everything go well with you, financially, family, your kids, everything go well. Every business you touch, go well. Is that ruling and reigning? Yes. And not only that, you live long life. Maybe at the time you turned 120 years old, you were singing Christmas song and you just smile and drop dead without cancer and sickness and disease. You just drop dead while you are celebrating Christmas time. Is that ruling and reigning? Yes. You're not suffering in the hospital with cancer and disease. Why people suffer? Why people are not ruling and reigning? Because they don't understand about honor and submission in their life. Some of you may say, "Pastor, I'm 40 years old already. Should I still obey my parents?" Okay, let's look at what the Bible say about obey your parents. The Bible says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother." So the Bible tried to say that if you are a child. That you are still living under the roof of your parents, and you still get the money from them to go and buy food, you are under their authority. You have to obey. But once you grow up to be adult and you go out have your own place, you earn your own living. You are not depending on their paycheck anymore. They are not paying your car insurance anymore. If they still pay for your car insurance and telephone bill, you are still a child. So, if you're a child, you need to obey your parents, but you don't need to obey your parents, your mama and your papa when you grow up to be an adult. But you still need to honor them. So, what the Bible tried to say is, as long as you are a child under the roof of your parents, you need to obey and honor. When you grow up, you can listen to them and receive their advice. But it's your own decision whether you're going to do or not. You don't need to obey everything they say after you grow up to be an adult. Amen. You don't need to. God wants you to do well, go well with you. God wants you to live a long life, and this is the command with the promise. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 91, verse 16. The Bible says, "With long life." I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Living a long life is ruling and reigning. Everything go well with you is ruling and reigning. What do you do? You listen to your parents when you are a child, and when you grow up, you still honor them, and you still give them respect. You listen. You know, when I go back to Thailand and I meet my dad, my dad talk a lot. He likes to talk. I just nod my head. Yes, Dad. Yes, Dad. I never argue with him. I never do something to show that I uh, disrespect him. I honor him. But whether I agree or not is a different issue. I do it or not is a different issue because I'm a grown-up man now. I'm not a child anymore. I'm not taking his 
paycheck anymore. He doesn't pay for my phone bill anymore. So I can make my own decision. But do I respect him? Yes, I respect him. Amen. So parents or pastor like me, what we need to do to the spiritual children or your children in the house, this is what you do. You train them up to honor the Lord and honor you. And you train them up to be able to hook up to God themselves. So that one day when they grow up to be an adult, they don't need to depend on you all the time. They can hook up to God and listen to God themselves every single day and walk in the Spirit every single day without depending on the parents all the time, whatever the parents have to say. You may just give advice and wisdom because you have gone through life longer. You have seen more problems and have faced so many problems. You can give advice, but they need to learn how to do the honor of God. They need to honor God Honor men and women around them that has authority over them and also honor you all the days of their life. The honor of God should be ingrained in every Christian. The honor of God should be the fabric of your life. i rather listen to the Bible than to listen to the teaching of the psychologist's book. You know, the psychologists say like this, Parents, you can be your shy friend and buddy. Oh, have you ever heard that? You can be your shy friend and buddy. And when your kids argue with you and yell at you, it's not a big deal. Why? Because you are their buddy. So they can yell at you. They can argue with you. They don't honor their parents anymore. No, 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 no. No matter how old you are, don't yell at your parents. Honor your parents. No matter how successful you are, maybe you're so smart you can play YouTube and internet, but your parents in the older generation, they don't even know use email. And you look at your parents and say, ha ha, mom, you don't know how to use email. That is disrespectful. Should not do that. Amen? Who choose your parents for you? God. God is the one who picked the parents for you. And because God picked the parents for you, if you honor God, you honor them. Your parents are the first person in the world that you come into contact with. That's why you need to honor them. They are the one who raised you up. And God give authority to them to raise you up. Little ones in every home should be taught and understand about the honor of God. They should hear from their mama. Mama loves you. Daddy loves you. But mama is your mama. And you cannot argue with mama. Period. Amen? Children must obey their parents when they are young. And they continue to honor their parents when they grow up. How many people have seen a sad scene of a toddler yelling and screaming at their mother in the grocery store? Have you seen that? And the mama tried to say, Oh, toddler, oh, honey, honey, I want to explain to you that you should not get that until five years from now. I want to explain to you why you should not get that stuff five years from now. You don't need to explain. Listen. If you try to explain to the toddler why they don't get that toy until five years from now, you disrespect the place that God put into your life. And they will disrespect God. You notice one thing about the Bible. When God tells you to do something, He did not say, go home and think about it until you understand it and then you agree with me. He never said that. He said, obey, period. That's what we call walk by faith. You don't understand. You may not even agree, but you walk by faith. You obey no matter what. And that is how the children should be treated in the house. That they don't need to be explained sometimes. They just need to obey. And the explanation come up later on when they grow up. Even though you explain, they don't understand anyway. They're too young to understand. They just need to obey and submit to their parents. Wow, today all the parents love this teaching. Why we see the low level of anointing in the church today? Why we see the low level of the manifest presence of God today? Because our generation... It's the generation of lacking honor. We don't honor anything. We just, what a big deal. 
Let me give you three principles of ruling and reigning. Listen carefully, and I will start to read the scripture, more scripture. Principle of ruling and reigning. How many people want to rule and reign? How many people want to be a victor, not a victim? Okay. Number one. Listen carefully. I'm going to go slow. We must respect the place of authority that God has over us. We must give God His place over us. Jesus rule and reign because Jesus submit to the authority of the Father. In order to rule and reign, we ourselves need to submit to God, give Him the place of authority. Second, we need to accept. And take the place that God gave to us. What did God give to us through the cross? He said, "You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the saints. You are not a sinner anymore. You are a child of God. You will rule and reign. You accept that position, the place of authority on earth here. And if you are a mom and a dad, you need to respect that position in your house." Don't abuse that position or don't disrespect that position. If you are a pastor, a leader, or a boss, you need to respect that place or we call office of authority. Number one, submit or accept the authority of God. To respect and accept your own authority that God gave to you. Three, we must not give the devil a place in our life. We must not accept his authority and say no to him. And say, get out of here. Submit to God. Respect and honor the authority and or the place of authority in your own life. So when the devil come to you, you are not saying, "Oh, I'm just a poor sinner. You can hit me right and left." No, you say, "Hey, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of our, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. You cannot come into my house. Get out of here. I know my position." I know who I am in Christ, Amen. And then you resist the devil. What I try to say is, in the kingdom of God, there are ranks, and offices, and places of the authority. Have you heard people say like this in the church? We are all equal in God. It depends on what they talk about. Yes, we are all equal in His love. God loves all of us the same. Yes, we are all precious in the eyes of God. The blood of Jesus was shed for everybody, but it's not true about the authority. There are ranks in the authority. Let me read and show you from the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 16, verses 1 to 3. Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, on the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben. Took men and they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, two hundred and fifty leaders of the congregation, representative of the congregation, men of renown. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Moses was picked by God, received the anointing and the rank of the top leader in that generation. But they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, "You take too much upon yourself, for all the congregations is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? Have you ever heard this? Oh, we are equal in the eyes of God. We all have the Holy Spirit. God loves us. God can speak to us. Who are you? Who put you in charge?" Who give you anointing to put you in charge? Oh, don't tell us what to do. We know what to do. And look at the result, verses 20 to 35. I hope this will not happen in this generation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, "Separate yourself from among this congregation." So what the Bible tried to say: Be careful who you hang around with. Okay, separate yourself from the rebe- the rebels. When people start to gossip about the mom and dad, when people start to talk bad about the pastor, you walk out of there. Don't entertain those talk. Get out. Separate yourself because if you don't, this is what happened. That I may consume them in a moment. Then they fell on their faces and said, "Oh God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, 
Shall one man sin and you be angry with all the congregation? So the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Speak to the congregation, saying, Get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram." Then Moses rose and went to Dathan and Abiram, and the elder of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, "Depart now from the tents of these wicked men; touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins." So God considered rebellion. As sin, so they got away from around the tents of Korah, Dathan and Abiram, and Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the door of their tents with their wives, their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, "By this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own will." Moses said, "I am not appointing myself. I'm not doing this on my own ability." It's the Lord who appointed me. Okay, if these men die naturally like all men, or if they are visited by the common fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord created a new thing and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into the pit, then you understand that these men have rejected the Lord. Now it came to pass as he finished speaking all these words. And that the ground split apart under them, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up, with their household and all of the men with Korah, with all their goods. So they and all those with them went down alive into the pit. The earth closed over them, and they perished from among the assembly. Then all Israel who were around them. Fled at their cry, for they said, "Lest the earth swallow us up also." And a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the two thousand and fifty men who were offering incense. Hmm, scary. Do you know this story now? That the end up is the punishment of God. So, in other words. When you rebel against a delegated authority, God take it personally, and God will do something. Did Korah rule and reign? Korah did not rule and reign. Korah was under the earth with his wife and his kids. That is pretty bad. So what we need to do is to learn that we submit to God. By submitting to the delegated authority, if you challenge the delegated authority, you challenge God Himself, and God has to open up the ground to let them fall down, eat them up alive, because God wants to tell us in this generation. You know that the story in the Old Testament is an instruction and an example to all of us that God take rebellion seriously. God take rebellion personally. When you rebel against the delegated authority, you rebel against God, and this happened in the Old Testament, and it will happen today. Similar kind. I've seen so many people who talk bad about their pastor, get into trouble later on. One man that I get, I got him saved. I lead him to Christ. After I led him to Christ, he came to my church, and he then began to talk bad about me to all over the city. A few years later, he almost died in the hospital with ruptured abscess in the liver, and he almost died. Since that day, his mouth was shut, and dare not touch the pastor anymore. Why God really take this seriously? That you talk bad about your parents, your mom and dad. Your pastor, your leaders, because those authority come from the Lord. Amen. Why so quiet in this room? Look at another story. Numbers chapter twelve, verse one. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, and for he had married an Ethiopian woman. This brother and sister were not happy that Moses married another ethnic group. Of people, and what happened? They say, look at verse two. 
They said, "Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has He not spoken through us also?" And the Lord heard it. You think if you gossip about your parents and your pastor at home, and you say no one know about this, the Bible say the Lord heard it. Amen. And what happened later on? In Numbers chapter 12, verses 3 to 8. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, "Come out, you there, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting." So the three came out, and then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, "Hear now my words." If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark saying. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So God tried to say, "This is a principle." If I choose somebody and reveal myself to that person, his office should be respected. You may not like him, but you need to respect him. But you should change your mind. I believe God likes him. I should like him. He must have something good in his life that why God choose him. The same thing with your parents. You may say I don't like a lot of things in my parents' life, the way they talk, the way they walk. Hey, but God chose them. You should like them. You should respect them and honor them. When you honor your parents, you honor the Lord, and you submit to your parents, you submit to God, and God will give you the grace, and you will have victory. Everything will go well with you. Submission is not about the person in authority. Listen carefully. When you submit to your parents or you honor your parents, it's not about them. It's about your well-being, and you live a long life. It's the benefit of yourself, not their benefit. It's your own benefit when you submit and honor those who have authority over you. Let's look at another scripture. I'm going to read some scripture and done. Acts chapter 11, verse 12, talking about Peter. Was sent by the Lord to speak to the Gentiles and preach the gospel. Acts chapter 11 verse 12. Then the Spirit told me. Everyone say the Spirit told me. Was he sent by God? Yes. God gave him authority to speak to the Gentiles to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. This man was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. Look at verse 15 to 18. Look at what Peter say. And I began to speak. The Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us at the beginning. Beginning mean the, in the upper room. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how He said, "John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit." If therefore God gave them the same gift as He gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who listen carefully, who was I? That I could withstand God. Peter tried to say, "God picked me. He gave me the place of authority to preach to this Gentile. It's God's choice, and also it's God's choice to pour out His Spirit upon these people. Who is me that I'm going to withstand God? Mean go and resist God." I need to honor what God is doing. Amen. Last night I received Facebook from central part of Thailand. That part of Thailand has not many churches. Very idol worshiping city, big time. So the church was so small. Then one man who was touched by the fire of God in our meeting went up there to be an intern as a doctor. And he shared a CD from our church to the pastor. The pastor listened to the CD about the file of God. She opened up and say, "I want the file of God in my church. This is a small church." 
They came together and pray, and you know what happened? The fire fell. The man who brought the CD fell under the power and could not get up for an hour. And he was not a pastor; he was an intern, young doctor. He was not a preacher. When I read that Facebook, I was thinking, Pastor Lau doesn't have to be there. He can pour out his spirit himself in that church. Who I am to withstand what God is doing in that city? If He's gonna bring revival to that city, it's God's choice, not my choice. What I need to do is to respect and honor what God is doing. Amen. That's what happened when we understand about the honor of God. We must respect what God is doing. We must honor the delegated authority. We need to be spiritual people, not carnal people. Carnal people always think carnal way. Oh, what God is doing there? Oh, what a big deal! We need to be spiritual. We need to honor and have the understanding, the spiritual understanding that. Is God is doing what God is doing right now? We should honor and say, "Okay, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm going to let God do His work instead of argue and gossip and criticize and put in the block and attack what God is doing. You're going to be in trouble when you do that because you are against God. Amen. Therefore, children should respect God's choice. God chooses your parents to be your parents, so you need to respect them. And parents, you should respect your own office. You should not abuse that office by allowing your kids to talk back to you. If they talk back to you and they stumble their feet and yell at you, you need to deal with it because one day they're going to talk back to God if they don't respect. Your office and your place of authority, amen. They need to show honor to you. If they don't learn how to honor you, they will never honor God when they grow up, and they're gonna leave the church. One day they will leave the church because they're gonna walk into the church when they grow up, and you, or they move to another city, and they're gonna sit there and what a big deal, singing God the sermon. I don't care because they don't learn how to honor you. And if they learn how to honor you, they will honor the Lord when they grow up. Amen. And remember this: it's more difficult to teach them when they get older. Deal with it when they're young. When they're young, they do something wrong. Stop. No explanation. Stop. Now, they need to learn how to submit to you since they are babies. And when they grow up, they will always listen and honor. Amen. Pastor Da always did that. That's why whatever Pastor Da say to Paul, Paul, can you wash dishes? Yes, mom. He turned off his game. He turned off the game and then just went to wash dishes. And what else? Very obedient. We train our children to honor the parents so that they will honor the Lord. Why? Because if they don't do that, they will miss. Many blessings in their life, things will not go well with them, and their rebellion will choke them up one day, and they will be in trouble. Pastor need to teach the members to respect the place of authority as well. Amen. Don't get down to the level of your kids, and let them talk back to you. If you want them to be successful, and go well in life. And live a long life. Don't go down to that level, and let them talk back to you. Amen. You need to understand the position of leadership that you have. Look at First Timothy chapter four, verse twelve. I will read a few scripture and stop. I just want to let you know, Paul was a young man in a church, and he has the position or the office of authority in that church, even though he was a young man. Let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So Paul said that even though you are so young, but you have the place of authority as a pastor, everyone should respect you. That's what he tried to say. Don't call your pastor. Hey man, come here. I need your help. 
right now. Come here. Don't do that because you don't respect God. Amen. Yes, when we go out for vacation together, we eat together. We can laugh. We can be having fun. If we have five brothers in the same army, one brother is a general, another brother, the younger brother is a colonel, and another one is a sergeant, another one is a private. When they come back together for the Thanksgiving, it doesn't mean that the oldest brother, who is a general, take the bigger piece of <laughs> turkey. They all share the same size of turkey, but when they go into the battlefield. When the general say, "Colonel, come here," the colonel cannot say, "You are my brother. We are in the same house. I don't need to listen to you." You cannot do that, because in the army there are ranks. The same thing in the church. We can have fun together when we go picnic, and but when it comes to the ministry, you need to learn how to respect the pastor. The elder, or even the usher walking around. Do you know that the usher have the responsibility, take the authority from the pastor to take care of the whole meeting, make sure no one do something bad in the meeting. So you need to submit to the authority of the usher as well. Don't say, "Oh, you're a new member here. I've been here for 20 years. You are new. I'm not going to listen to you." When I went to Florida to the revival meeting, or this young usher come to me. I can have two attitudes. Number one, I'm a neurosurgeon. I'm a pastor from Seattle. I'm a big guy. I'm richer than you. Blah 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 blah. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to sit wherever I want. If I do that, I will never rule and reign. But when I walk in, when the usher say, "Come here, sit here, you and your wife," I sit there. I listen to them because they receive the authority from their pastor in that congregation. I'm not the pastor of that congregation. I'm a guest. I need to submit to the authority of that church. You see my point? You cannot like this everywhere. Go everywhere. Just, you know, I'm I'm from Seattle. I'm gonna do whatever I want. No, you submit to the local authority. Wherever you go, you go to somebody's house. When your kids start to jump up and down on their couch, stop. This is not our house. You need to respect the authority. If they don't want it. The, the the owner of the house don't want you to jump up and down on the couch. Stop right now! Come down from the couch. They need to learn how to submit to the authority of that place. Amen. Wow, this is a good sermon. <laughs> Look at Romans chapter 11 verse 13. Paul did not try to be boastful. Paul did not try to be prideful and say, you know, look at me. I'm just I'm an apostle. What he say in Romans chapter 11 verse 13. For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. Paul tried to say that I did not appoint myself. I did not anoint myself. God was the one who anointed me to become an apostle. Therefore, I will honor and respect that office in my life. I'm not. Gonna look down on the anointing in my life. Paul tried to show that whatever God is doing, we need to respect. We need to honor. We need to humble ourselves, submit to authority, and then the devil will flee from us. Look at another scripture, John chapter five verse twenty-three. Jesus was talking while he was walking on earth, that all should honor the Son, mean himself. Just as they honor the Father, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. If we apply today, if you don't honor your parents, you don't honor God who sent them to you. John thirteen twenty. Most actually, I say to you, he who receives whomever I sent, receive me. And he who received me received him who sent me. Is it clear? The centurion servant received the centurion, honor the centurion. The centurion honored Jesus, and Jesus honored the Father. So when you are the line of authority and honor like this, you have victory, and you rule and reign and see the miracle. 
when the centurion received Jesus or honored Jesus, he also honored the Father. Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 25. I show you many scripture about honoring and submission. Matthew 25:36 to 40. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, "Lord, when did you see your hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you?" And the king will answer and say to them, "Actually, I say to you, in as much as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me." Is it the same principle? Whatever you do to people around you, you do to God. When you honor and respect your parents, you honor and respect God. When you honor your pastor, you honor God. That's what the principle is. Look at Matthew chapter 10, 42, and I will finish here. Matthew 10, 42-42. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. A prophet is a man or a woman who is used by God to bring in some message or to tell you something. So, if you receive that person, you receive the Lord. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple. Actually, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Amen. How you treat people is how you treat God. From now on, our church will learn, will practice the honor of God. Amen. How many young people in this room who still call children and your parents still pay your phone bill? Raise your hand up. <laughs> From now on, are you going to talk back to your parents? Are you going to yell at them? Are you going to stomp your feet? No. What are you going to do to your parents? Honor them. Obey them. Okay. How about parents? Are you going to treat yourself as a friend? And you let them run all over you and yell at you and scream at you, or you gonna correct them from now on? Correct? Okay. All the church members, are you gonna from now on honor the authority in the church, in your workplace, the government civil authorities, the police officer come? You need to honor them. Amen. And then you can rule and reign in your life. What I preach today is a serious issue. It dictates your future. How many people want to go well in your life? Raise your hand up. Everything go well. How many people say I want to live a long life? How many people want to rule and reign? Amen. Practice humility, submission, honor, faith, and you will rule and reign in this life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for teaching your church the right way, the heavenly way, not man's way, not psychologist's way, but God's way. And we believe, Lord, as we practice what you teach us. We will rule and reign. Our kids, their life will go well. We as well will go well because we honor our parents and the delegated authority. We don't want to be like Korah or Miriam and Aaron, Lord. We want to understand the ranks and the place of authority, the office that God puts on people's life, Lord. We Thank you so much for correcting your church. This is the word of correction, the word of exhortation. Come by the Holy Spirit to your people. 
Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We love you. Anyone in this room that have no personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you think that you know about God, but you never invite Jesus to come into your life, or you invited Him many years ago, but you walk away from Him and you're not walking with Him right now. I want to encourage you to have a personal relationship with Jesus. If you want to do that, why don't you raise your hand up and say, God? I want to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Raise your hand up. Raise your hand up. Up high. Don't put it down. Raise your hand up. Personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He came to the world to die for your sin, so that you don't have to pay for your sin. You can go to heaven. You can have life and life it more abundantly. Pray with me, those who raise your hand. Father in heaven. I admit, Lord, I admit, Lord, I am a sinner. sinner. I, have made mistakes. I have made mistakes. I have rebelled against you. I have rebelled against you. Today, today, and every day from now on, and every day from now on, I repent of my sin. I repent of my sin. I turn away from the devil. I turn away from the devil. I turn my back against sin. I turn my back against sin. But I turn my face to you. I turn my face to you. I repent. And ask you for forgiveness, Lord. Ask you for forgiveness, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. I declare with my mouth. I declare with my mouth. And believe in my heart. Believe in my heart. That you are the Son of the Living God. That you are the Son of the Living God. You are my Savior. You are my Savior. And my Lord. My Lord. You were raised from the dead. You were raised from the dead. On the third day. On the third day. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Come into my life right now. I want to walk with you. All the days of my life, in Jesus' name, I'm born again now. Born again. I will serve you. I will serve you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. In your name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. How many people are gonna put this into practice? Amen. It really works. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless all of you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I live to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done Have been washed away By your only son Bring me your tired You said Bring me your weak Bring me your hungry masses We seek your song.